Welcome to the Beanball, the most exciting podcast about the most boring sport. I, as always, am Brady O'Callaghan. And I'm Joey Price. And with us this week is our friend, our softball cohort, Megan Doherty. Hello. Happy happy quarantine. Happy quarantine. What a happy quarantine it is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. May we all be blessed this quarantine season. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. However long it may be. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, for freaking sure. How are you keeping busy um, during the quarantine, Meg? Oh, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's been difficult. I've watched more Netflix than I care to admit. Uh, not going outside too much. Uh, it's too crowded out there. I'm waking up at like four in the morning every day, and then I go sit on my balcony for like a half hour and go back to sleep. Because my time is all messed up. Yep. Uh-huh. I've taken showers at like uh, 4 or 5 p.m. the past like five days. I am 100% yeah. on showers. I haven't missed a day. There you go. Oh, wow. That's a good, that's a good rate. I have cut my shower rate in half. A little every other day never hurt anybody. That's what I'm doing now. I'm just doing every other day. That's fair. I hit most days. Sometimes I'll take a day off. This is all, this is all good baseball talk. This is all good baseball. <laughs> uh, Megan is a, 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 a dirt softball like original. Uh, uh, the captain of the team. We co-captained it together the last couple of seasons. Uh, uh, from Chicago, so a Cubs fan. We're going to talk about the Cubs and. Uh, really get down to business yeah i'm kind of hoping that at some point during this podcast we'll convince meg to not like the cubs anymore oh yeah that's fun a lot of people try to do that (laughs) day to day well successfully no i always say i'm like look i like baseball i love going to a game it's already tough being a Southsider who's a Cubs fan. I have to deal with that my whole life. Oh, wow. Yeah. I want to talk about mm-hmm. that for sure. Yeah. Can we jump into that? How did that happen? Okay. So the this, this story is, so obviously most people know, I believe, that there's a huge rivalry between the North Side of Chicago and the South Side. Basically, the South Side thinks the North Side are all like overeducated yuppies. And then the North Side thinks the South Side's all a bunch of undereducated cops. Uh-huh. I don't know if that's true, but might be a little bit of truth. <laughs> so the South Side's all White Sox fans, and it's the big rivalry. Like um, people who like the Cubs aren't like true sports fans; they're only there to get wasted. And I'm like, that's exactly what you Southsiders are doing too in parking lot. Uh, but the the story goes is that my grandfather, who I never met, my mom's dad was a White Sox fan. So to like get back at him, she became a Cubs fan. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. Joey, can you relate to that at all? Uh, yeah, I can. A hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that that's like a common, probably a somewhat common, like youthful rebellion is to, to not like the team that your parent likes for some reason. 
so mm. pur- so purposeless. It's just it's just mean with no but for nothing. Right. Over nothing. I do think that it takes a lot of guts to do that, like as a kid, um, especially when like the prevailing thing is like trying to fit in with everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't imagine growing up in Cleveland and liking any other baseball team just because I feel like I would have been ostracized. But I, I mean, I don't know. Meg, growing up on the South side, did you catch a lot of shit from friends for being a Cubs fan? Um, yeah, but I always was very fair. Like, no, I like the White Sox and I like the Cubs. And I went to, you know, as many White Sox games as I did Cubs games. But yeah, like you weren't supposed to be wearing a Cubs t-shirt around. Yeah. Luckily, when I was in school, three-peat repeat was happening. So everyone just wore like Bulls t-shirts. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. Is there a lot of animosity between like Cubs fans and White Sox fans. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, that's yeah, that's really, interesting. Like yeah. people leaving rooms like, I don't want to talk about this right now. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, the closest like, I mean, I guess there is between like Yankees and Mets fans too, right? Um, yeah, okay. My um, brother-in-law is the exact same age as me, exact same birthday. So maybe like six years ago, I was home in Chicago and we got a cake and his half was White Sox and my half was Cubs. (laughs) That's great. Yeah. It does seem so weird to me. Like I get it, but it it is weird that there would be such um, animosity between the two who are in different leagues and like they're not competing with each other. Um, on a day to day, yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Like, like the Giants, there isn't really a rivalry between like the Giants and the A's because they don't compete against each other. Um, I just don't think either city cares that much about the other team mm-hmm. for there to be like that much of a rivalry. But then I think about the Mets and the Yankees, and it's like, yeah, there's a rivalry there. I doubt there's like a Dodgers Angels rivalry. Mm-hmm. Do they? Right. No, no, no way in hell. Who cares about the Angels? Yeah. Um, do Do the White Sox and the Cubs play each other every year? Like the there's a cross town. Yeah. Yeah, cross town classic. Uh, very scary games to go to. I believe it. <laughs> I like the, thing, I feel like the, the city of Chicago always feels like it has something to prove. So mm-hmm. that goes everything from like if you put ketchup on your hot dog, people are going to give you shit for it. And what is, you know, it's like silly what is, things. What is a Chicago style hot dog? It's okay. Um, celery salt, mustard, relish, and onion. That sounds great. That sounds really good. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll eat it. Do I think ketchup is for babies? Sure, but <laughs> I'm not going to start a fight. <laughs> sure. <laughs> What kind of, let me just ask, what kind of mustard? Is it like a, like a brown, like almost spicy mustard? Or is it just a yellow mustard? It is a yellow mustard. Oh, okay. Cool. I'm into it. Yeah. Yeah. I think you could, yeah, if you want to mix up your mustard choice there, I think that's okay. I don't think people would have too much of a problem with it. Okay. But I, that again, I don't know. Yeah, you might be playing with fire. <laughs> 
for sure. So is that the one thing that would unite a Cubs fan and a White Sox fan is how they take their hot dogs? I think any tubed meat can unite. (laughs) (laughs) A beautiful thing. A brat, Italian sausage, Polish, you know, whatever. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, let's talk about kind of, you know, the elephant in the room here. And that it has to be the 2016 World Series. Okay. You guys, um, mind, if, you guys mind if I step out of the room for a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, baby. Um, I knew you this know, day well, would come. Well, of course. Uh, so, you know, we've got a classic kind of Chicago-Cleveland World Series. Uh, Midwest all the way to game seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, Meg, I asked Brady this on every, most every episode, but so I'll ask you instead. How did you feel after the 2016 World Series? After? Yeah. Or dirt? After, I mean, I, like, when it, like right when it ended. Um, I cried and I sat on the floor of the bar. <laughs> I was just so happy. Also that game was so long and there was the rain delay. That time was like two in the morning, game seven. We'd all been up forever. I was just exhausted. Yeah. Brady, same question. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. I cried and sat on the foot of the floor. (laughs) (laughs) Where where did you watch it and who were you watching it with? I was watching it in Bushwick and friend of the pod, Brad, was supposed to meet me and he kept having to work late. So I was there by myself. And I was like getting more and more tense. And then all these Cleveland fans come in and they're like cheering that they're going to win. And then I'm there by myself and they're like, where the hell is Brad? Like, he has to get here before this ends because if this goes wrong, like I can't have these Cleveland fans who weren't really that into the game, just like freaking out over it. It's so funny because mine was like the exact same, but the opposite. I showed up to this bar. I had like a an improv practice that I left early to go watch the game at the closest bar. And it was up on the Upper West Side. And I, I went into the back of this bar, and it was me and truly a bunch of Cubs fans. Um, who – Cubs fans in air quotes. It was a bunch of people who were cheering for the Cubs every time they did something good. Um, yeah. Uh, but it was just me. And, yeah, stayed there till 2 in the morning. Um, because that's how long it lasted. And I remember when uh, Rajai Davis hit that uh, three-run home run to tie it up uh, Mm -hmm. in like the eighth inning or something, I stood up and screamed, oh, my God, oh, my God, yes, yes. (laughs) And I was the only one in the bar who did anything like that. And it was just darts, (laughs) eyes in my direction. Yeah, it's wild. Well, you ha- and you have to remember about like the Cubs fan in quotes. It's like W. Everyone had WGN as a kid, which is why there's so yeah. many Cubs. Is that that was the only team a lot of people could watch? Yeah, and that so. is like a cool. That that is a cool thing, um, to like make your team's games so readily available to everybody. I think that's good. Yeah, it was. It's weirdly like the Cubs and the Braves were like teams that people grew up watching because of WGN and TBS. Like really strange that, that like those teams somehow had such national, yeah. uh, 
uh, you know, viewers, but yeah. And then you had like a big personality like Harry Carey at the time. Mm-hmm. And obviously we're dating ourselves here to talk about my prime life of uh, Cubs baseball, but you know, who was such a big personality to also work for the White Sox before that. So that's like another headbutt there. I didn't know that he was with the White Sox before the Cubs. Pretty sure. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, Well, it was a fun series to watch. It was a very fun year. You had these two teams who neither one had won a World Series in such a long time. But um, Chicago had won a bunch of championships in the 90s and stuff. And so Cleveland probably deserved it more. They probably needed it more. Oh, uh, just the city of Chicago had won a lot of championships? Yeah, that that should count for something. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh-huh. Uh Yeah. Uh-huh. That was the closest. The, city of, the city of Cleveland had just won another cha- a different championship earlier that year, right? Yeah, that, yeah, it was good. That was awesome. <laughs> Can you imagine if we had gotten two? <laughs> it was sweet. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, it was it was a really fun series. And like not having any stake in the game, obviously, for me, made it easier to watch, um, probably, or less stressful to watch. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it was a great series. And especially that game seven was just like, it's what you want in the game seven, I feel like. Yeah. I went to... I went to work the next day and I worked at a media company at the time and nobody cared at all about sports. And I made the entire company watch the winning play and explain to them why it's so important. (laughs) That's incredible. I would have done the exact same thing. Um, Yeah. But yeah, especially for like a game seven where, you know, like people who aren't baseball fans are probably watching because they're like, yeah, it's the, it's, like the Super Bowl, there's so many stakes. You know this is the last game. There will be a winner after this. And it was such a fun, exciting game uh, to watch in that context. So I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised if there were a bunch of new baseball fans after that. Yeah. That was pretty good. Um, so uh, you're, you're, your mom is a big Cubs fan. Um, yes. So that just kind of was passed down to you like that. Uh, she she had you have kind of a, a fun story about your mom. Yes. So my mom and her friend used to uh, chase around the players and try to figure out what bar they were at, and then go like wait at the bar and see if they could get a drink spot for them. And they were leaving um, Wrigley. And they saw Bill Buckner get into his car. So they got in their car and they chased him all the way onto the Kennedy Expressway. And I was like, well, what was your plan, mom? What were you going to do? And she's like, we were just going to keep chasing him. Finally, he lost us. And I was like, that's terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) Getting in your car and just chasing someone. That is crazy. (laughs) Yeah. But then a a follow-up to that is, so my mom loved, she, she said she didn't, she said she was good. We'll see. I don't, I don't think she was with the players, but um, I went without a Cubs game and afterwards went to one of the local bars and this guy kept talking to me. It was crowded. And I was like, dude, what's that ring on your finger? Like, why are you wearing a big ring? And it turns out um, 
he was on the Diamondbacks. So he had played with them when they won their World Series a few years before. And then he's like, oh, do you want to kind of get you a drink? Do you want to come to my hotel? And I was like, no. Then I told my mom, <laughs> she was like, Meg, why didn't you go with him? He's a baseball <laughs> <laughs> It's not the answer I wanted, mom. That's a World Series champion, no less. Yeah. I know. Do you remember, did you ever figure out who he was? I think he was a center fielder at the time. I don't remember. I should have looked it up. That's so funny. It's so funny to like make fun of some guy for his gaudy ring. And it turns out it's a world series championship ring. (laughs) Yeah. And I probably wasn't even old enough to be in that bar. Now that I think of it. Oh, that's so funny. We're like 19. (laughs) It's, it's also like, um, especially with like your, your mom, that is the era where like a baseball player might end up at a bar after the game. And like, I just can't imagine that ever happening in, in today's baseball. Do I mean, do players go out to the bar after the game? I feel like, especially I I hear about like NBA players being like, especially prude about um, like celebrating and stuff like during the season. Yeah. I think that like, I think that probably they used to do it a lot more and that just is becoming less and less the case. Yeah. Cause there's partially due to celebrity, but also partially due to like their like maintaining their, you know, ideal health. Yeah. Uh, or whatever. It's hard to get your 90 feet sprint speed. Uh, right. That down when you're having five beers every night. Right. Or like that that Mets team, um, what is it, 84 Mets, like the bad boys of baseball. Like if you read stories about how much they drank and how many drugs they did, you're like, how did you even make it onto the field? Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that uh, basketball players, um, specifically for like specifically basketball players, but I bet this is the case for all sports players, uh, like will smoke weed or something for pain management. Huh. Um, yeah, but that's like kind of a common, like this unspoken common thing that is happening that happens in sports, um, which yeah. makes sense. Yeah. That makes a ton Probably of sense. Much better, much better for you than other ways to manage your pain. I tell you what, I don't know if I buy it because dirt Hawks <laughs> get slammed on margaritas, uh, after every game. So, and we do, we put yeah. up numbers on the field. And we won the championship. <laughs> yeah. We won the champs. Yeah. Of the B division. Yeah, yeah, we won the to champs. The second you could call it the second division if you wanted to. The second, the second division. division. We will drink a lot of those margaritas after the game and then still feel hungover a week later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, we should we should brag about our skill. Uh, so yeah, Meg, you have been on this softball team. The softball team was formed when, like 2013, 2014? 2014. Yeah. And uh, so both you and me have been on it that long. Mm-hmm. Uh, we changed then, a lot. Yeah, we've changed a lot. We've gone through a lot of changes, uh, a lot of name changes, roster changes, you know, what you would expect to happen when you're kind of running an organization like the Brooklyn Dirt Hawks. Um, and, uh, and yeah, then a few years after that, you became the captain. And then a year or two mm-hmm. after that, I started co-captaining with you. 
and we had a great ride. It's great. Uh, I, I was remembering when we first started the the first team we had was like so unskilled that the best person, the best option to play third base was me, <laughs> which is so funny now. <laughs> you did well, great. I'm sure I did fine. It's just so funny that now we have, you know, people who play who are <laughs> much more skilled. Yeah, we all know who we're talking about. We're talking about. Taylor, Mike, Evan, Lori, Amanda, Macy, Amanda. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, they're very good. They're all very, very that good. Was, that, I mean, that was also a constant argument that we had to have with the captain then uh, uh, of, like, not an argument. I shouldn't say that. But, like, trying to convince the captain that we had then that, like, we we didn't need to worry about the outfield as much as we needed to worry about the infield. <laughs> <laughs> uh was like a we were like we're gonna make outs in the infield we're gonna make outs in the infield we have to make sure that that is where our best defense is and uh it took like a season or two for those for for that to be figured out i think yeah it was a t- it was tough <laughs> but now you know i look at us we won a championship I, actually this was our second championship too right we won like yes. a we won one probably in the second year of our existence as a team Yes, and we got our gift card to the bar, and I just hit on the bartender the whole time, and then um, I ended up going out with him, but before I did, he wrote me this long email, like, so long, all about Sammy Sosa. (laughs) And I was, like, just new to the dating field again, like, I don't know, if someone writes you this much, like, I think they're really into you, and then my friend was like, no, that's just creepy like way too much <laughs> what what did these have to say so much about Sammy I forgot Sosa? that this happened I don't know he had so much to say about Sammy Sosa he like put a picture of him in there he and just he, he embedded a picture into an email to you <laughs> yeah <laughs> well really- that way just in case you didn't know who Sammy Sosa was yeah was you'd like, be like oh okay great I now I know well, maybe we should try and get him on the pod to talk about Sosa. Sounds like he has a lot to say. Oh my gosh! Now I think of this guy. Now I'm like sweating. It's so uncomfortable. <laughs> that's so oh. funny. I love it. Yeah, that's so funny. Well, um, do we do we think yeah. this season is gonna get back? And how how's how do our chances look this season, Meg? How do you feel? Well, look, if they're starting to play in South Korea, uh, which I read today, then I think dirt softball is going to be back. Hell yeah. I like the sound yeah. of that. I, I hope so. We still have time. It would be a shame Did to they, not play. When was the league? When was the league to start? Saturday. This Saturday? Yes. Or uh, so it's just been kind of postponed indefinitely. Yeah, I, I haven't heard anything. Wow. Yeah. Wow, we got to get this whole virus thing figured out because I uh, I paid some money to play some uh, softball this summer. So. <laughs> oh, that's right. I have all the teams paid their dues? <laughs> yeah, I have a bunch of money sitting in my Venmo. I'm not handing it over yet. Smart. Oh, that's smart. That's smart. Hold on to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, well, yeah, I definitely hope that uh, it happens, that, that you guys are able to play. 
Um, I, you know, we, we got to have faith, I guess, but you know, maybe, maybe by the time the summer rolls around, things, things will be able to be, uh, put back to normal like that. Let's see. Let's at hope. least hopeful for like the fall season. Yeah. You know? Let's yeah, at least get that. Maybe yeah. an extended <laughs> version of it. Yeah. Oh, can uh, I tell you a little quick um, thing that I remembered or that I used to think as a kid? Yes. Um, so I loved Ryan Sandberg. He was, you know, very popular. And he was number 23 and Michael Jordan was number 23. So in my head, I thought the best players got that number. And so if you were number 23, that meant you were one of the best players. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. That would be fun if they started doing that. I th- they, yeah, I like they, the logic and is like sound. your num your number could ch- your your number would change based on how well you were playing. Yeah, it's actually a good idea. I would think they'd want to do that if only for um, jersey sales. You know, if you're changing numbers constantly, uh-huh. you might need to buy a new jersey. MLB should call us. Do you want us? To get paid for these ideas, <laughs> or just sponsor the podcast. Just sponsor. That'd be fine. If we, if this was sponsored by Major League Baseball, that'd be fine. It'd be fine. Yeah, that's fine. It's okay It'd with you, fine. Mike. It, it would be okay. I wrote, that, I wrote MLB a letter once a long time ago, um, just like right after college. That was like. Why don't you just not do one of your like special uniform days and instead take that money and pay off some people's student loans? <laughs> That's a great idea. That's a great idea, Meg. That's a camouflage uniform day. I know. There you go. And I tell you what, you can't be handing out that idea for free. You got to get MLB to pay you for that idea. <laughs> I'm always thinking. So, yeah. MLB, if you're listening, and what else are you doing? Everyone's in quarantine. You're probably listening. They got to be listening. You can send us money for these ideas. Got to make Yeah, rent. send us money, especially for Megan's idea. The, mon- the, the idea where you will like lose money, also send us money for that idea. Yes. <laughs> it, it's a good idea. So. <laughs> Um, Meg, you were in Chicago uh, during the Bartman incident. Yes, I was. Uh, Can you give us a quick rundown for uh, yeah. uh, listeners who might for not know what we're talking about? Uh, so it's called the Steve Bartman incident. We want to be clear. as the postseason game against the Marlins in October 20, 2003. So I was in college in on the north side in a neighborhood called Rogers Park, watching with my friends, um, getting increasingly nervous. And um, I forget who hit who hit it. Well, it doesn't matter. But um, the one of the fielders was jumping to make the play and grab the ball. And Steve Bartman, who's a huge Cubs fan, like had the radio on, was listening to the band, grabbed the ball out of the glove pretty much. And then the Cubs lost. And people freaked out. He had to be escorted out. Um, so my friends and I immediately are like, oh, my God. And we, we got onto the L train. We ran to Wrigleyville. And people are just, like, drinking in the streets, screaming, shaking cars. And we were just, like, standing, like, right on Clark Street, just, like, crying with people and yelling. And people went bananas. 
and we got very drunk. <laughs> but it took um, a long time to recover from that. Yeah, I mean, the city, like, really turned against this poor guy. They, like, who, threw him under the bus. Yeah. And it, uh, who was catching a foul ball that was coming right at him. I mean, like, if we're be- <laughs> if we're... Yeah. If we're being honest, and like everyone around him is also trying to catch the ball too, yeah. um, he just was the unlucky person that happened to catch it right above. I think it was Alou yeah. was the fielder. I think it was Alou. Yeah. Yeah, uh, right above his glove. So then they eventually auctioned off the ball, and someone bought it and exploded it. <laughs> That's fun. I like that. Yeah, that is fun. Didn't and they... also at this point, like the the Cubs had kind of already blown the game by the time that this incident happened. Too, like they were up really big, I think, and then things started unraveling. And then this, yeah. I think, was kind of like the nail in the coffin. Yeah, I think you're right. There were a lot of Miller lights had that night. Yeah, sure, I bet. And, and so he was. He kind of like feared for his safety for a, a long time. The entire city hated him for a while and then cooled off once the Cubs got really good again. Um, yeah. And in 2016, he, right, they won. And didn't they give him a ring? I was looking that up today, actually. I rem- couldn't remember if that's a rumor or if that's true. I can't remember. I heard that somewhere, but. I heard that somewhere, too. Yeah, he definitely, like, disappeared. He went into like, hiding. Yeah, like, people tried to track him, like, writers and stuff tried to track him down to talk to him, and, like, nobody could find him. I'm sure it's ultimately not worth it, but he is very much um, a an enormous part of Chicago baseball history at this point. Yeah. And like, that-, that clip will never not be in a, like, documentary about Chicago baseball. Yeah. yeah. Which is terrifying yeah it's like the 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 closest comparison would be like uh bill buckner i guess second time on the podcast but at least like he was a player (laughs) at least he like is like making the decision to be out there and is like getting paid and like is trying to do his job and he you know uh makes this error in this case it's like oh this guy was just just in the wrong place at the wrong time yeah and like yeah that was terrible, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you hate him still, right? I always felt bad for him. Come on. <laughs> um, Joey, you, Joe, you've been to a game at Wrigley Field, right? Uh-huh. I've been to one game. Yeah, it was great. I have not been. I've been to Wrigleyville, but it was in, like, February or something like that. So I've been around it. I've seen somewhat into the stadium but i i've never been up to chicago um well i was in chicago during the summer once um but didn't go to a baseball game i'd really like to it it's a great it's a great stadium i went to comiskey oh cool wait that's the the old white Sox, right so yeah comiskey and then it was called u.s cellular field and now it's guaranteed rate yeah, guaranteed rate. When you go by, it says guaranteed rate, and there's an arrow that just points straight down. So it just looks. <laughs> That's absolutely one of the worst names for a stadium I've <laughs> ever heard. I know. Yeah, it's terrible. 
Uh, yeah, Wrigley is really great. It, it you know, you feel because it's so old, it, it was built to hold fewer people. And so every, you're, you're much closer to the, every, every seat feels very close to the action. Yeah. Um, and uh, didn't they buy all of the buildings that are like outside of Wrigley stadium in the outfield so that they could like build bleachers on top of those buildings? Well, the, so the, the ones on Waveland, I believe those buildings, uh, and this could have changed since I, since they won the world series, they built all this stuff up and did buy a bunch of buildings, but that used to be like the bar property and they would sell private event tickets. You could like see be on another level of bleachers across the street. But I don't know. I can see the Cubs trying to buy that out, but I don't know what happened with it. It was surreal seeing like bleachers on top of uh, residential buildings. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, when we were kids, like you would just, it would just be people on the roof. Watch like no, no bleachers or anything. Just like hanging out on the roof, watching the game. I remember. I love that. And like, and, but I think, you know, I, I, yeah, what I heard was that the Cubs wanted to like build a new stadium in, essentially because they could get wow. more money for more, uh, get more butts in the seats. Yeah. And they instead found some way to monetize those rooftops or something. Yeah. There's a whole new, there's a, all these new buildings around there, but people oh, years ago when they were, when Wrigley started to like kind of crumble and they put all these nets up because like rocks were falling onto people when they were sitting there. Um, like the idea of, of rebuilding people like freaked out and yeah. trying not to do with it. My, I kind of hate the idea that one day money will uh, rule and force them to build a new ballpark. Um, but I, I, it, it would strike me as so hard to believe that Wrigley or like Fenway will ever go away. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I agree. I, I mean, they, there's always been talks about it, but um, I think that like at a certain point, they're just going to kind of be considered like landmarks, right? Just like national landmarks or something. Yeah. Probably. And you have to remember too that in Chicago, you have like this, you know, old Wrigley Field. And then when they built the new U.S. Cellular Field right across the street from original Comiskey. This was one of the first of the new stadiums. There's like a lot of mistakes. It's super, super steep. It's like kind of scary to go to. Mm -hmm. Like you feel like you're going to fall down. So if that's your ex the only other experience really, like going to baseball, you're like, mm -hmm. I definitely don't want that. That looks terrible. Yeah. I get that sort of that same feeling from like um, uh, from the Barclays Center, like the higher ups. Those seats are steep, man. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah, I don't usually get like vertigo or anything, but in those kinds of places, I get it. That's just kind of a little fact about me. <laughs> That's a fun fact. I think so. I like to throw one in every episode. My only That's other good. experience around like Wrigleyville um, was like IO used to be like right there, right? Yes. So I went to an IO show there. Um saw an improv show there and then got a a slice of pizza from this place that I wanted to I want to say is was called like bocce or something. Um and it was the largest slice of pizza I have ever had. New a New York <laughs> slice and they served it to you on a like school cafeteria um platter and it was the entire 
flatter. <laughs> it was insane. That makes, that makes sense. Going to Chicago, it's just so much like drinking and eating. And I, I keep away from the most of it, and I still like will come home and feel sick. Mm-hmm. But if yeah. you are going anywhere in that area and there's a Cubs game, it ruins like your whole commute or wherever you're trying to go. Like I remember trying to go to I.O., like, oh, there's a Cubs game. It's taking me 15 minutes just to get from the train through the crowd to the theater. Or when I worked, I used to live over there. And then I'd commute north to my job. And I'd have to, like, add an extra hour if there were a Cubs game. Yeah, I remember I, I was with my parents at the game. And I remember after the game, we, like, walked for a while just to kind of get out of the area. And Mm -hmm. then got in a cab or something like that. Because it was just, like, so hard to maneuver right outside. There's so many people, but the roads are closed off. Like, things like that. Yeah, we went in eighth grade to a day game. So people got out and they were just, like, shit-faced. And then we all got on our school bus, which was right in front of Wrigley Field. And then the whole crowd came and just started shaking the bus. (laughs) Like, jumping on it. We were like, oh, no. (laughs) Uh, it's a little scary, but then that's we got, insane. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know why Terrible. we didn't go to White. House. It would have been closer. <laughs> Terrible thing to do to a school bus full of children. It was a fun game. I did get to meet Harry Carey, so I was thrilled. That's cool. Oh, that's amazing! That's cool. Cubs yeah. won. Cubs won. The well. Cubs won. I can think of another time they won. That was like the 2016 World Series. I think. I think we're I just know. about out of time (laughs) meg thanks so much for uh dialing in uh this was so much fun yeah Yeah, thanks meg chatting hell yeah dude thanks for doing this thanks for being a great captain of the softball team and just a good overall human being oh wow you too joe thank you so much Brady, also you. <laughs> right back at you, Meg. All right, everybody. Brady, you, Brady, you as well. You're a good human being. Joey, why do you, why do you got to keep bringing up the 2016 World Series? <laughs> Love you, Joe. All right, all right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. The Bean Ball is hosted by Joey Price and Brady O'Callaghan. Our music is by Louis Aronowitz, and our logo is by Diana Kolsky. If you want to reach us, you can email thebeanballpodcast at gmail.com. Please rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, wherever you might get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. People are going to love it, dude. (laughs)